Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory to God. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Coming to preach about the Holy Spirit, or especially Trinity Sunday, as it's especially called in the Latin Church, amongst clergy there's always a kind of sigh of desperation. Because it's Trinity, and how do you preach on the Trinity? There was, this is actually just, I'm remembering this. I hate to draw attention to a particular publication, but I'm going to do it. Uh, anyone familiar with the America Journal? Yes. Put out by the Jesuits? There was an article just recently published there for Pentecost and for the Trinity that was one and one equals three. And it was a very convoluted, all over the place. And it makes you, because I tried when I talk about the Catechism on the Holy Spirit, there's been a lot of conversation and dialogue since, the, well, in the past millennia, uh, between the East and the West since the schism. And one of the great things that Orthodox have been saying for the past century, well, centuries, but especially in the past century, is with the addition of the Filioque, there is a degradation of the Holy Spirit. Well, this article, I always kind of said, okay, but I know of tons of theological treatises, essays done by Western theologians, Latin church, Protestants, that I, I don't entirely I can't wrap my head, but then I read this article and I said, okay, now I understand. <laughs> There's just didn't have the experience, but this article just missed the boat. It downplayed the role of the Holy Spirit. Uh, it just didn't pop. It didn't sing in the way that we, when we come together, especially to celebrate the Trinity, or you read the great works of the church, but just ingrained into the liturgical life of the church, to hear O Heavenly King come back, even though it's only been days, not weeks, not months, but just days, because you're so, that is just the prayer. To have it sung again, for, I got it. <laughs> The Holy Spirit, the Comforter, the Spirit of Truth. We have with Pascha, with Holy Week, and walking with our Lord, and especially throughout the Gospel, seeing His relationship with the Father, His grasp, His faith, His trust, His prayer with the Father. To walk with Him through Holy Week, to be with him, to see him in Hades, harrowing it, to then see and rejoice and shout in the glory of Pascha, to then stand for a while in that glory, to then have the ascension, to have him go up, to be seated by the right hand of the Father, and now to receive back the prayer to the Holy Spirit. 
that we, not just mentally, that we talk about the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that we, of course, pray if you're, if you're just in your prayer book. There's prayers just to the Father, just to the Son, just to the Holy Spirit. But to live in an elongated, liturgical way, to then be able to come and rejoice in the great feast of Pentecost, to rejoice in God's salvation that is particularized, God himself who dwells within you, the Holy Spirit who takes all of the treasury of blessings that our Lord won in his life, death, burial, and resurrection, and ascension at the right hand of the Father, that he comes and he applies it directly to your body. That it is the Holy Spirit, when we are especially in turmoil, who, dwelling within us, groans and is able to communicate with the Father with words that we're not able to. That the Holy Spirit is the comforter, the truth, the advocate for us before the Father, and the treasury, the giver of all good things. This is absolutely essential. In the early church, we all know about Nicaea. I told him that I had to preach as long as it took him to cut up the bread and put the wine on it. So now I can make my last point. We're <laughs> just celebrating the feast of the fathers of the First Ecumenical Council in Nicaea. The affirmation, the absolutely firm affirmation of who Jesus Christ is. But it was Gregory the Theologian who says, yes, we affirm that Jesus Christ is one essence with the Father. We said, so is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is absolutely, and he wanted to fight for it to get, that took a little bit later, and a later ecumenical council. But to defend that the Holy Spirit is absolutely necessary. We say very clearly, Jesus Christ had to become one of us. He had to die like one of us. He had to then ascend as one of us so that our flesh, human nature, sits by God the Father. Well, the Holy Spirit is the one that completes the rest, who fills the universe with little Christs, you and me. This is the job of the Holy Spirit, to convict to comfort, to intercede, to transform. This is this whole season. There's almost, if we have the post-postal blues, there's then the post-Pentecost where we've come and then everything is green and there's life and it's forcing and then summer and then summer. And it just kind of, the Holy Spirit, the, the, the plant wilts and dies. It's like it's living on my shelf and I forgot for weeks to water it. But we need the Holy Spirit. If you have never contemplated, prayed to the Holy Spirit, spend some time with just the O Heavenly King. That will, in many ways, there's a reason why. You might wonder, why do we have condensed prayers? Why do we have these rote prayers? Well, because they condense for you chapters of the Gospel of John so you don't have to scratch your head and scratch your head, but you can just 
in that one prayer, you get five chapters of the Gospel of John presented to you. The Holy Spirit is going to bring you and sit you at the feet of Jesus. The Holy Spirit is going to intercede for you through the Son to the Father. This is what the great feast of Pentecost is all about. Let us rejoice and be glad in the salvation that our Lord has won for us, that the Holy Spirit is continually working out in our lives. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.